The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Marshall. We sort of pride ourselves on the many kinds of unusual crime stories we bring you on this mysterious theater of the mind. The murder mystery, the ghost mystery, the robbery mystery, and so many, many more. But no anthology of the wayward and the wicked can be complete without the Western mystery. And today's author is probably the best-loved writer of authentic Westerns, Bret Hart. So hang on to your saddle, and here goes. I think we got here just in time. Who's that back there? Sam Green. It's me, Mrs. Baker. Why, so it is. Well, what brings you here so late at night to the back of my post office? I can't afford for anyone to see me. Sam, where is the mailbag? Well, inside, of course. The stage is waiting for well, I better take a good look at that mailbag before you send it on. Why? Because if everything isn't in order, Stanton, it could mean jail for you. And the end of me being the postmistress of Laurel Run. Our mystery drama, The Postmistress of Laurel Run, was adapted from the story by Bret Hart, especially for mystery theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Marion Seldes. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. It's 1890 in Custer country where General George A. Custer made his last stand in Montana. You've heard of that. Only these days, it's pretty peaceful at Laurel Run. About the most exciting thing that happens here is the daily arrival of the mail stage. Not that most folks hereabouts get any letters, but just the same. Every cowboy, cowhand, ranger, and rancher somehow show up when the mail stage passes through. Could it be because the postmaster is a woman? Yep, that's a fact. The postmaster of Laurel Run is a postmistress. Mrs. Betty Baker, a widow. And let me tell you, mighty pretty. Here you are, Mrs. Baker. Here's your mailbag. Have a good day, pretty lady. Hi. Baker, uh, can I give you a hand carrying that bag of mail into your post office? No, thank you, Joseph. I can manage alone, thank you. He's right. A lady should have to be toting something that heavy. <laughs> no, yes, sir. I appreciate the gesture, Joseph, but nobody but an official of the United States government is allowed to touch the mail. Well, you know, Mrs. Baker, uh, Betsy, any time I can be of service, all you got to do is say so, and I'll do it. No favors, no questions asked. Thank you, Joseph. I'll remember that. <laughs> And it used to happen three days a week, every week, every time except Christmas, New Year's, and November 8th, when we became the 41st state of the Union. <laughs> I never could understand why folks in Laurel Run made such a fuss over a simple, hard-working government employee. 
It was probably because of my Jack, who everyone loved and respected. Now, see what's coming in the bag. They'll be out in front, standing in line before you know it. It seems to me the government ought to have more sense than to make a woman pick up a heavy sack from the road. You're absolutely right, stranger. Ain't fitting. The government ought to hand it over to her like it's befitting to a lady. It's Charlie, the express man's fault. He is certainly lacking in feeling for a lady. You don't know as I can agree with you exactly. Yes, the enemy heaves that bag to Miss Baker like it was a $5 bouquet. You mean he gives her special treatment? It's not all Charlie gives her. Crawl uh, up to this outside window with me. Little one. Never look. Oh? Go ahead, peek in. I've seen it before. It's um, one of the sights of Laurel Run, stranger. Well, allow me to introduce myself, sir. My name is William J. Carver. I'm from Virginia. Mm. Joseph Jennings. Hey, Joe, Bill. Uh, pleased to know you. Uh, see anything, Bill? Oh, it's not too clear. Seems like there's a wire hanging out the mail bag with a package done up in a ribbon attached to it. <laughs> what did I tell you? It happens every mail. Can you see what it is? Well, the lady's opening the package now. Looks like a scent bottle. Well, I believe it is. Now, why would somebody be sending the lady a scent bottle outside the mail bag? It's Charlie. Betsy Baker's a mighty fine woman, and Charlie's just, uh, just, uh, acknowledging it. She's got the mail bag open now. Oh, there's another little package all tied up in ribbon. Oh. Hey, hey, let me see. Let me see, Carver. Oh, inside one is from Stanton Green, postmaster up the road. Oh, he give her a gold brooch, it looks like. And two red, white, and blue circus tickets. Circus tickets? Yep, from Stanton Green, the postmaster of Hickory Hill. He's got all them city ways. Gold brooches and circus tickets. Hey, you two! What the door looking in the back post office window? Wait until the mail gets sorted, Uncle John. Don't you two know better than poking and prying in other people's windows? Move over. Let me see. Uh, Uncle, this is Bill Carver from Virginia. I do. Uh, this yeah. is Uncle John. You can call him that. Everybody does. Uh, Uncle John's the sheriff. Well, people like her, boy. She's a real likable widow. You gentlemen can amuse yourselves looking in windows. I got better things to do. Well, like what, sir? I'm always partial to better things. Like bellying up to the bar. <laughs> the only thing about running the post office I didn't like were all those official-looking instructions from the general post office. So I'd send them on to Stanton Green at Hickory Hill to explain them for me. And he'd send them back on a 9.30 omnibus way bag saying, don't bother with this or hogwash. Then came that second letter about Rule 47. Well, who knew what Rule 47 was? And then a third letter about what happened to the missing money order. Well, how dare they? I wrote to Stanton saying I'd resign unless they took that one back. <laughs> he never even answered that one. Hey, thank you, Harry. Hey, here's yours, Uncle. Yours, Bill? Yep. I raise my glass to the widow's help. And to her departed husband, Jack. Uh, his memory. There was so one great man. Uh, Joe, uh, Uncle, you uh, wouldn't care to tell me about it, would you? Well, sure. 
was just 14 months ago. Jack Baker was foreman of the last chance, the copper mine up in Burnt Ridge. I ran all the way to that little house he'd bought for Betsy when I heard about... Yes! Yes! There's been a cave-in at the mine! Who's in? The timber pine! Oh! Hey, Jack, what does it mean? I gotta go there, honey. Hey, figure 15 men down there. I'm going in after them. But the tunnel entrance is all closed off, Jack. What, what me to organize a digging party? You do that, Uncle Pronto. Have them start at five ends. Betsy, where's my ladder? Here, Jack, let me light it for you. I think we got a chance. There's a way out at the back of Timber 9. I'm going in there and see if I can show the way to the boys. Timber 9? Well, that entrance was closed off years ago. That's what everybody thinks. Bye, Betsy. Don't you worry. Oh, don't you worry about me, Jack. You go help the men. I'll be waiting for you here. Jack, Betsy said, go help the men. I'll be waiting for you here. And she did, Clever. Waited a whole year in that little house. And we all respected her for that. To show how much the whole town got together and built her a post office. In the only public building in Cottonwood. Um, Drink up. My old Ingersoll tells me it's just five minutes before the little lady opens the mail window. You coming, Carver? Oh, uh, certainly, sir. I wouldn't miss it. Quite a few folks ahead of us here at the post office. Oh, I must say, there's a great deal of correspondence in your town. We got into the habit. The week the post office opened, we bought us more stamps right here in Laurel Run than the whole state of Montana, they told us. And Oklahoma. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, may I get through here? Who are you pushing, sir? Mind your manners. I'm sorry, I'd like to get up to the post office door next to the mail window. There. I regret to inform you, stranger. You'll have to wait in line like the rest of us. I'm not here to pick up mail. Excuse me. Uh, uh, Mrs. Baker, uh, would you let me in, please? Window's not open yet. Five more minutes, I'll be ready to distribute the mail. Uh, Mrs. Baker, this is Harry Holm from San Francisco. Uh, would you open the door next to the mail window, please? May I come in, please? You please take your foot out of that door. You can't come in here. I am in. Good morning, Mrs. Baker. Uh, what, if I may ask, is that wire tied to the outside of the mailbag? How dare you touch that? How dare you come in here? Who are you anyway? Get outside at once. I'm afraid you don't know me after all. I'm Harry Holm, the department agent from the San Francisco office. I'm afraid my note of advice number 201 seems to have been uh, miscarried. How do I know you are? Who do you say you are? Well, here's my shield and identification, Mr. Baker. I should have explained. I shall have to ask you to open that mail window and inform your uh, customers that the post office is closed for the day. Closed for the day? You and I have a problem so, please tell them to go away. Right now? If you don't mind. Well, it's about time. Hello, lovely lady. How much are your dollar stamps today? I'm sorry, but the post office won't be open for business today. Come back tomorrow. Well, how are you mean? Well, now, Mr. Harry Home, if you don't mind, will you be so kind as to tell me what the government thinks it's doing? 
clothes in my mail window? Uh, there has been a series of inspectors named Mr. Green Hickory Hill and Laurel Rogers. Did somebody show it? Embezzlement. That's a great deal of money missing. Are you accusing... Oh, no. I'm afraid I have to tell you this post office is now closed down. Things don't look too bright for the darling postmistress of Laura Run, do they? But then, Montana had a historical reputation to make you or break you. Like when the homesteaders couldn't beat the bad weather and the grasshoppers, they abandoned their farms leaving behind them the motto, In God we trust, in Montana we bust. But a postal official accused of stealing. That was worse than famine, flood, or foreclosure. I'll be back shortly with better news, I hope, in Act Two. Here we are in Laurel Run, Montana, and a strange little post office that sells more stamps than anybody uses. So popular is the postmistress that folks have been known to take a ride up to the next town to mail letters to themselves, which they could pick up at Laurel Run, just to get a smile from the Widow Baker and pass the time of day. But all that would be over now, for the post office was closed. By what authority, Mr. Holmes? By the authority of the department itself, Mrs. Baker. I think we should start with the... Irregularities, that wire sticking out of the mailbag, for instance. Oh, that's only Charlie, the express man. His foolishness, Mr. Holmes. He thinks it's smart to tie some nonsense on that bag when he drops it off. Hmm, well, so long as he doesn't meddle with the inside of the bag. But nobody would ever do that, sir. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, about the embezzlements, sir. My business in law run is to take your place tonight in receiving the omnibus way bag. That gets here at 9.30, doesn't it? Yes, sir. But it never has anything for us, except uh, uh, notifications from the Hickory Hill post office. Hmm. Well, tonight I shall receive the bag. Open it and dispatch it again. If you like, you can have the evening off. Oh, no, there are people who come in from Ladder. I thought you said there were no letters at that time. No, but... <laughs> the boys come just the same. Oh, they do, do they? Well, imagine, my goodness, when you open the window and they see you. <laughs> what do you find so amusing? <laughs> be crowding around the mail window <laughs> and expecting my face and instead it'll be you with your big red beard. <laughs> I should like to refer you to my first communication. Uh, Have you got it, Andy? Uh, no, I, I'm afraid... Mr. Holmes, after all, I haven't been at this job very long. Uh, and I... We know all that, Mrs. Baker. Post office was built in memory of your late husband. We know all that. But where is the letter? See, what I'm trying to say is I don't always understand the official letters. And so... Well, I, I don't happen to have that letter here right now. See, when well, I see well, an official letter, it... I, well, usually I, I just open it. Usually, mm. and then I send it on to another more experienced postmaster, and then he lets me know what I'm supposed to do. You sent my letter of last week to someone else. Well, not the official letter I got today. I haven't sent that on yet. I mean, I haven't read it yet. Could you um, tell me 
To whom you sent the first advice? You mean the last letter? Oh, yes. I sent that to Mr. Stanton Green at the Hickory Hill Post Office. You sent my letter to him? Was that... Was that so wrong? What... They warned me. They told me when I left San Francisco that I would be charmed by the postmistress of Laura Run, that she had racked up sales of more postage in one month than 50 other post offices in Montana, and that she was indeed obliging and would be most helpful. Uh, most helpful? I know that. But you helped the wrong man. I was so upset, I didn't know what to say. How could dear Stanton Green be the wrong man? While he had known Jack for years and years, he wouldn't ever do anything to hurt me. Now, this horrible man, this special agent from San Francisco, he was practically saying we were in, in, uh, what do you call it? Collusion. Yes. Collusion. No, please, no. I said no such thing. Stanton's always been extremely helpful. And if, if you think those official departmental letters are easy to understand, sometimes they make my head ache. Now, please, Mrs. Baker, you have unwittingly... Stanton's an old hand at post office running. He always tells me what I should do. You have unwittingly given information to a man who the government suspects of peculation. <gasps> Without knowing it, you have warned the postmaster of Hickory Hill that he is suspected. In plain words, Mrs. Baker, we have traced the disappearance of money letters to a point between his post office and yours. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? Just as I ask you to do, so that we can apprehend the man. But you don't understand. It's not as easy as that. Sam... I mean, Mr. Green, he, he likes me. He's always sending me little gifts. Oh, oh, dear. It should not interfere with your duty, Mrs. Baker. It doesn't, it doesn't. It, it only makes it harder. I hope, like you, that we are mistaken. Now, when I open the 9.30 evening mail bag in this office tonight, and if I do not find a certain decoy money letter in it, which was last checked at Heavy Tree Crossing, well, then I shall know where to look for it. Oh, this is awful. I really never encouraged him to be friendly. He just was, that's all. Mrs. Baker, you have nothing to fear. I would say your thoughtlessness and ignorance of the rules have contributed to show your own innocence. Well, I should hope so. Only you... Mrs. Baker knows the real reason for my visit here. I'll leave you alone for a while to uh, divert suspicion. You will come as usual this evening and be seen by your friends, uh, customers. I will only be here when the bag arrives to open it. Hmm. Goodbye, Mrs. Baker. Oh, it's a nasty business. But believe me, I've seen a lot worse. I didn't know whether to be sad or angry. To be a postmaster a little over a month and this has to happen? Stanton Green, a thief? Why, well, he was one of the boys Jack had helped out of the mine. Of 
course, now I think of it, there's always been talk of certain fast living and high spending. But to put your fingers in Uncle Sam's own cookie jar? What would my Jack have said? What would he have done? <gasps> Six o'clock. In three and a half hours, Harry Holm is going to find out the worst. You're crazy. It's all right to be patriotic, but you can be accurate, too. It is a known fact, sir, that George Washington was a Virginian and a gentleman farmer. History is full of lies like that. Well, grant you, he could have been a gentleman, but a farmer? <laughs> Never. Never had it in his blood. Since I am a mere visitor to your fine town, Uncle John, I shall refrain from argument. Oh, hey. Isn't that a familiar face approaching the bar? Uh, bartender, I'll have a whiskey. Hey, ain't I seen you somewhere before, young fella? I'm not sure. This is my first visit to Laurel Run. Aren't you the man, sir, who pushed yourself up to the head of the line at the post office this afternoon? That's where it was. That's where I seen you. You were not particularly polite. I'm sorry, I have some urgent business. Where are you from, sir? In California, San Francisco. Don't they teach you better manners than that in California, San Francisco? I'm not itching to call, and I'd appreciate the same restraint from you. Uh, bartender, where's that whiskey? Uncle John, this man from California, San Francisco needs a little comeuppance, it seems to me. What urgent business did you have with Mrs. Baker, sir? Thank you, bartender. Uh, that, I may say, is none of your business. You leave Mrs. Baker to me. Where I come from, sir, you are impugning the reputation of a lady. Put up your duke, sir. Who fired that gun? He did. This man here. You got a revolver on you, stranger? Well, uh, as, as a matter of fact, I have. But, but I was standing right here at the bar uh, with a glass in my hand. I, I could supply that. Stranger, I'm taking you in on suspicion. Put down your drink. Put up your hand. But uh, you taking this rapscallion to jail, Sheriff Uncle John? No, he got in jail. But the back room where Harry keeps the barrels will do. It's got a lock on it. Yeah, but, but Sheriff, you've got the wrong man. I didn't fire my revolver. Here, look, smell the barrel. Stop waving that around. I'll take it. By the powers vested in me as sheriff of Laurel Run, unless you can identify yourself and explain for what reason you're in this town, I hereby arrest you in the name of the state of Montana on the charge of vagrancy and unlawful use of firearms. Anything to say for yourself? No, nothing. 6.15. I went to the iron office safe, and I took out my private safe box with all the gold and silver Jack and I had saved. Then I took a sheet of postage stamps, rolled it up, stuck it under my cloak, and went out the back door. Joe Simmons had a Mustang. I was sure he wouldn't mind if I borrowed it. Oh, shh, 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 but you like them. You know me. Oh, that's Betsy Baker. Hey, you're not in the barn. I'm your 
Oh. Who's that over there in the store? Come on out. I see you. Oh, hi. Betsy, I'm Mrs. Baker. What are you doing here? Oh, I know. You come visiting. Well, in a way, yes, Joseph. <laughs> Betsy Baker, since when do you have to hide your feelings with me? Oh, you don't understand. And hiding in my barn, too. No. Can I swear you to secrecy? Whatever's your secret's my secret. I need a Mustang. What? I need blue lightning. Immediately. For what? I need a horse. Oh, I see. Need a horse. Only, well, there's a problem. Seeing it's you, I, I don't have a side saddle. But maybe I could borrow one. I just don't have time to wait. What's your hurry? Where's your Mexican tree? I'll use that. Oh, I put my lantern down. Now, come on. I'm tired on blue lightning. Well, hurry. Now, hold a high candle and a horn blow for me to hold. Oh, yeah, Joe, let me have a blanket. Hmm? Now, swing me on, Joseph. Yeah, up you go. There, boy. There, blue lightning. There, boy. You don't have to worry about him. He can pick out a trail in the dark. How are you going to ride him? I've got my marble. Like so. Mm-hmm. I'm tired around me. Try to sleeve. Puffy in one knee, and I'm ready. Oh, uh, Miss Baker, you, you dropped this wall of stamps. I hand them up. I don't know. This all seems mighty peculiar. The stamps, Joseph. Uh, yeah. Now open those barn doors. Wide. Hurry! I wish I knew what you was up to. Don't you worry. I'll have you lighten them back by nine o'clock. You come round to the side of the post office. Oh, I'm not worried about my Mustang. I just don't know what to make of all this. I am doing the right thing. Of course you are, but... but Joseph, stand away from the barn door. You once said to me, any time you could be of service, all I had to do was ask. Now remember, mum is the word. Good luck, Miss Baker. Be careful. Yep! It was seven miles to Hickory Hill over wild and hilly terrain. Blue lightning was enjoying as I could tell. As I came to the rise above Hickory Hill, I heard the town clock strike an eight. Eight o'clock. Way down below, I could make out the lights of the settlement. And at the end of Main Street, the two carriage lights of a mail stage, waiting in front of a Hickory Hill post office. I work the blue lightning. Well done. Who's that, Ralph, there? Captain Green. Is that you? It's me, Mrs. Baker. So it is. So what brings you here so late at night and... Why, right up the back. Because I can't afford for anyone to see me. Where's the mail bag? Well, inside, of course. Charlie in the stage is waiting for it now. Well, I've got to take a good look at that mail bag before you send it on. Why? What do you mean? If everything isn't as it should be, Stanton, it could mean jail for you. And the end of me being postmistress of Laurel Run. <laughs> Josh Billings, who knew the old West, its men and its women, used to say, if you want a way to get along with women, your best way is not to get in their way. And isn't it the truth when you watch how Betsy Baker is aiming to right a wrong her way? We'll see how good her aim is when I return shortly 
with Act Three. In our little Montana town, folks were never quite sure whether it was named after Laurel the Flower. Because in the language of flowers, four quite different meanings are ascribed to the laurel. Glory, perfidy, perseverance, or ambition. I'd say it's up to you to decide which most represents Laurel Run. Or was the town named for all four? Stanton, close the door quietly. What's it all about? Where is the money letter that came in that omnibus way bag? What do you mean? I mean it's a decoy, Stanton Green. A decoy. It has been checked back at Heather Tree Crossing. I mean that special agent, Mr. Holm of San Francisco, is going to be waiting in my office in Laurel. Just to find out if you've taken it. Taken it? Taken what? Stanton, this is not the time for prevarications. Where is it? Uh, in, in my desk. I suppose this is the money letter you mean. Oh, Stanton, you have broken the seal and opened it already. Did you take some bills from this packet? No, I was... Owing some money. Uh, the collector was here. He, he was getting nasty, so I, I, I did. I, I I took some money from the packet and gave it to him. He saw you stealing from the U.S. mail? He thought the packet was addressed to me. I, I, I told him a friend had sent it. Oh, stealing and lying? But I was going to make it up by the next mail. I, I, I swear it. How much have you taken? Only a trifle. How much? A hundred dollars. Oh, a hundred dollars. Oh, my. Oh, what are you doing? I brought my own money with me. Was it in tens or twenties? Twenties. Well, here. You take these five twenties, you put them in the pot. Where are you going? Just to get the sealing wax to seal up the packet oh, again. Oh, you're a fool. Mr. Home will be taken in by that. Leave it broken. As long as the money is found in the bag, the package could have come apart accidentally. Hand me two more bundles of letters. Damn, bones, and... Muss them up. That could have happened inside the bag. Now, give me something real heavy. Yes, that weight there on the table. The big brass one. Is it a two-pounder? Yes, I'm going to wrap that up in lots of paper. I'm going to address it to myself. And I, I just glue all these stamps that I brought onto it. And into the bag it goes. Now, that thing could have been bounced around in there and done all the damage. While I'm doing this, would you please go out and tell Charlie to come in here? And then you make yourself scared. I'll tell him to come in here right away. What, Mrs. Baker? What are you doing in Hickory Hill? You haven't seen me. I haven't? Oh. Oh, no, no, of course not. I, I haven't. There's a big San Francisco swell taking my place at Laurel tonight, Charlie. Yes, ma'am? And it's a pity that the omnibus way there just happened to get such a shaking up and such a banging up already coming this far. Yeah, it did? Oh, yes, it did. And it would be just awful if that special agent opened the bag in Laurel and found things kind of mixed up. Oh, I just hate to give so much trouble to a city fella from San Francisco, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, sir, ma'am. That ain't like you talk. So when you have this ominous way bag on your stage, Charlie, you'll be particularly careful on Mark. Oh, yes, Mrs. Baker. If that bag should just happen to tumble off the stage a dozen times between here and Laura, 
I'd hop down and pick it up myself every time. He... Thank you, Charlie. Oh, it's a real pleasure, Mrs. Baker. Now, take the bag, Charlie. Why, aren't you coming back to Laurel on the stage with us? Well, of course not. I'm not here, don't you see? You're not here. Oh, yes, sir, I see. You're not here. Of course <laughs> not. Yeah. Now, the mailbag's all locked yeah. up. Now, you be careful with it. Oh, I am sorry. It just fell right out of my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good trip. You can come out of hiding now, Stanton Green. Betsy. Oh, my Betsy. Well, what are you talking about? Would you get up off your knees? Listen to me, Betsy. I am ruined, I know. Even though you have just saved me from detection and disgrace, I, I have been mad. A fool to have done what I've done. I, I know that. Mr. Green, would you take your hands off me this instant? I won't let go of you until you promise to hear me out. Go ahead, as if that could be a sane reason. But you don't know why I did it. You have no idea of the temptation that has driven me to it. Betsy. Don't you bet for me anymore. Mrs. Baker will do. <laughs> Mrs. Baker, I have been striving to get money honestly, dishonestly, anyway. But why do that? Look well in your eyes. Oh, do you think brooches and circus tickets make that difference to me? Or all the other foolishness you've been sending me? I know it's hard to understand, but whatever I did, I did to look well in your eyes, to, to make myself worthy of you, to make myself rich. To be able to afford you a home and take you away from Laurel Run. You are on your knees again. It was all for you. It was all for love of you. Betsy, my darling. Will you stop that? Will you stop pulling at my feet? Haven't you any pride? Listen to me. Leave me be, you loony, or I'll scream. What did you come riding over here for, then? What did you take all this risk for? Why did you rush over here to share my disgrace? Now, you're as much mixed up in this as I am. Why, why did you do that? If, if you didn't calculate to share everything else with me. Oh, what did you come here for, then, if, if not for me? What did I come here for? What did I come here for? I came here for Jack Baker's sake. My husband, who stood between you and death at Burnt Ridge as I stand between you and disgrace at Laurel Run, Mr. Green. Yes. My Jack Baker lying under half a Burnt Ridge. But meaning more to me today than any man anywhere standing or kneeling or crawling. That's what. Oh, Mrs. Baker, I, I, I just... I didn't understand. Well, so that you don't ever forget it. I came here as Jack Baker's living wife to carry on dead Jack Baker's work. Maybe my hands aren't so clean this time, but it's his work I'm doing and for him only. That's why I came here, you dumb Stanton Green. That's what I live for every day. you back here. Every cent. I know you will. Goodbye. 
Do you have to go already? Yep. I'm going to run Blue Lightning against Charlie on the stage and break the record. Good boy. Miss Baker, has she brought Blue Lightning back all right? He brought me back. He's a beautiful horse. Oh, Betsy, how would you feel if I give him to you? No, Joseph. No, that's out of the question. You'd like you to have him? No, you just stop that. Here, take his reins. I don't want anyone to know that I was out gallivanting tonight. Oh, sure thing. Not the word. Right. Where is everybody? Where is the post office dock? The 9.30 stage will be here in five minutes. Where is Mr. Holmes? Where's who? Harry Holmes, the special agent from San Francisco. San Francisco, California? He's from the main post office. He's supposed to receive the omnibus way bag when it gets here. Oh, is he tall, has a big red beard and sideburns, and was meeting with you in the post office this afternoon? Yes, where is he? Well, I'll tell you, Mrs. Baker, it's a long story. She's not here right now. I'm Harry Holmes, special agent. Here's my badge. I'll receive the bag. Thank you. Uh, suits me. Here you are, sir. Oh. oh, he did it again. I'm very sorry, mister. Been having a lot of trouble with this way bag all the way down. You'll have to ballast your next one or make a new contract with the company. Oh, right. thank you. I'll take care of it. Yeah, she's heavy. You better drag the darn thing. Oh. Oh. On the table you go. Oh, son of a gun, it is heavy. Oh, Mrs. Baker, I didn't see you standing there. Well, of course. After all, I'm interested. Um, it uh, isn't the prescribed way we uh, like our mail to be handled, but this, since time is short, I'm dumping everything out onto the table. It's addressed to you, Mrs. Baker. Feels like a gold brick. A gold brick? Oh, I hope it is. Did you find the decor package? Yes. It's broken open. Dear me, how could that have happened? Mr. Holmes, I said, how could that have happened? Well, I'll be. It's all here. Every dollar. Oh, yeah? The money? Is it all in twenty? I counted it all. Yes, sir. Well, Mrs. Baker, he's safe this time. Oh, I am so glad. Oh, so am I. From what I gathered this afternoon, uh, Mr. Stanton Green was one of the young pioneers of Laurel Run and a good friend of your husband's. He was. Uh, did he quite get away, Mrs. Baker? What did you say, Mr. Holmes? Where do you suppose Mr. Green is now? Oh, I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. Mrs. Baker, I've had a very interesting day here in Laurel Run. Well, I'm glad to hear it, Mr. Holmes. I hope everyone made you feel welcome. Oh, they sure did. In fact, after I left you, some of them wouldn't let me out of their sight. Oh, indeed. <laughs> you wouldn't know anything about that, I suppose. No, not a thing. Hmm. Mrs. Baker, I'll say this. You're all right. 
And I can well understand why folks around here admire you. Oh, thank you, sir. I try to run a good post office. I'm sure you do. And if you ever need a friend uh, back at the main post office, you ask for me. You have been friendly, Mr. Holman. Understanding. It was, in case you would care to know, the very last time there was any need for anyone to look over Betsy Baker's shoulder to see how well her post office was being run. Tell you another thing. It never even occurred to a single governmental soul to have the postmistress of Laurel Run replaced with a postmaster. I'll be back shortly. It's sort of amazing, when you come to think of it, that Bret Hart could write about such an independent young lady 30 years before women had the right to vote. So far as we know, it's one of the very first stories of the liberated woman. Bret Hart once said there are three things a man can do with his tongue. Eat with it, talk with it, or keep it in his cheek. Which is what I suspect Bret Hart was doing when he set down this tongue-in-cheek tale of the postmistress of Laurel Run. Our cast included Marion Seldes, Bob Caliban, William Griffith, and Ray Owen. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.